Good morning, everyone. Good morning, especially, and welcome to everybody who's here with us for the first time and who is new with us. Have you ever thought of the things that you value and why you value them? Or have you ever thought of the things you don't value and why you don't value them? It is important to think of both the things we value and the things we don't value to make sure that our actions are aligned to our real values. The decisions a captain of a ship makes every minute to guide the direction of a ship are based on the desired destination. Without a clear destination and without clear decisions, a ship will wander aimlessly for days, if not for months and years. Yogi Berra, who played in 14 World Series and won an unprecedented 10, once said, if you don't know where you're going, you'll never get there. So too with us, our direction and the decisions we make are based on what we value. Since we make decisions based on what we value, it is important to be clear on our values and to make sure that the decisions we are making every day are aligning to those values. The life of St. Paul is a great example of someone whose actions very clearly, very definitively, and very consistently reflected his values. We know many things about St. Paul. We know that he had the best kind of education possible in his time. We know he came from a wealthy family who could afford this kind of education. We know he was very smart and that he excelled in his studies. We know that as he grew up, he had great authority. He was very zealous for Judaism. And because of this zeal, he felt that Christianity was a threat that needed to be completely wiped out. The first we hear of St. Paul in the New Testament is in Acts chapter 7, verse 58. Then they cast Stephen out of the city and stoned him, and the witnesses laid down their garments at the feet of a young man named Saul. And what this means is that after they killed St. Stephen, they laid their garments at the feet of St. Paul to show that he was in charge and that he approved of the death of St. Paul and that he was a leader among those who are persecuting the early church. He himself talks about how he persecuted Christianity in different parts of the New Testament. For example, in Acts 26, he says, I myself was convinced that I ought to do many things in opposing the name of Jesus of Nazareth. And I did so in Jerusalem. I not only shut up many of the saints in prison by authority from the chief priests, but when they were put to death, I cast my vote against them. And I punished them often in all the synagogues and tried to make them blaspheme. And in raging fury against them, I persecuted them even to foreign cities. Although this doesn't sound like a very good thing to do, St. Paul was, very, was in fact consistent with the values that he held at that time. However, after his conversion, his values changed 
And of course, so did his actions. In the first letter of St. Paul, he sums up his change of heart and what this change of heart meant in very practical ways. In chapter 11 of 1 Corinthians, he says, Five times I have received at the hands of the Jews the forty lashes less one. Three times I have been beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Three times I have been shipwrecked. A night and a day I have been adrift at sea. On frequent journeys in danger from rivers. Danger from robbers. Danger from my own people. Danger from Gentiles, danger in the city, danger in the wilderness, danger at sea, danger from false brethren, in toil and hardship, through many a sleepless night, in hunger and thirst, often without food, in cold and exposure. If I must boast, I'll boast of the things that show my weakness." St. Paul actually had so many things he could have boasted of. His family, his education, his intelligence, his authority, his conversion, his travels, his ability to communicate and move hearts, his writings, or perhaps something of greater importance he could have boasted of as his greater source of honor. If we were to ask St. Paul, which of these are the greatest in your mind? Which of these do you value the most? Which of these would you boast of? He would actually say none of them. He gives us the answer in today's letter to the Galatians, where he says, Far be it for me to glory except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, by which the world has been crucified to me, and I to the world. This is a rather strange thing for him to say. Although this might seem like a surprise to us, to hear that the writer of most of the letters of the New Testament would say that he glories in the cross, in fact, it should actually be a surprise. Because the cross was the form of punishment reserved for the worst kind of criminals. The cross was a sign of humiliation, not only for the Greeks, the Romans, and the Jews, but it was a sign of public humiliation in front of everyone who may have been passing by. Therefore, the cross at the time of St. Paul and at the time of Christ was nothing, was absolutely nothing to be proud of and to glory in but was a sign of great shame and great dishonor. St. Paul, however, experienced a great reversal. And he invites all of us to experience the same kind of reversal that only takes place when there is an internal conversion. That internal conversion results in us realizing that there are many things in this world that we can value, but there are things of greater value that sometimes we overlook. We often glory in strength, and we look for greater strength. We look for greater power. We look for greater authority. But St. Paul tells us to slow down, stop, and evaluate these things, and look 
for greater glory in simplicity and perhaps in weakness. In today's gospel, St. John explains to us why we should value the cross above every other thing in this world. He says in the famous verse from the Gospel of John, chapter 3, verses 16 and 17, For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but may have eternal life. And the often forgotten, verse 17, For God sent the Son into the world not to condemn the world, but that the world might be saved through him. This is why the cross is a sign of glory for St. Paul and needs to be the sign of glory for all of us here present. We sometimes glory in the things that everybody else glories, but today are invited to glory and to value the things that are unexpected and may be of lesser importance to those around us. We're invited not to focus only on the physical externals, that deteriorate and pass away, but on our spiritual qualities that are of greater value here on earth and that endure and that grow and that end up giving us far greater blessings than anything else. What happens when you value only external elements or external items? You end up wanting more. Maybe you got excited the first time you bought a car. But then after a while, you realize when you're at the stoplight, wait a minute, the guy next to me has a nicer car. And then you work for a few years and you get a nicer car. But then within a few, within a few months or a few years, that car starts wearing out and needing all sorts of repairs. And then you look at the value of that car that you spent 10 years saving for and you realize it's only 10% of that value left. We value these externals, but whatever it is that we value that is external and physical ends up wearing out and not being of any value at all. We see this especially at Christmas time when children get a whole pile of gifts, many toys that they value for a few minutes, if even that, and then they end up either in the garbage or recycled somewhere. That which was exciting becomes absolutely of no importance at all. This can be said to practically everything that we have. Think of the things that are of the greatest value to you today and think of where they will be in a few years. Or perhaps think of something that you valued a year or two ago and whether you would even wear that sweater that you thought was just the nicest sweater you could possibly imagine buying. However, when we value spiritual things, we take a much longer uh, joy in those things as we see those things not only grow, but also endure for many years to come. For example, when we spend valuable time with our family or friends at an event, at a camping trip, or whatever it may be, when we've set aside so many things of this world, even after 10 years, 20, or 30 years, we seem to remember that event, that moment, and the joy that we have in 10 or 20 years 
sometimes, and for whatever reason, is even greater than the joy we had at the time that it took place. We can read a section of the Bible, and that may influence us for the rest of our life. Memorizing one verse and keeping it in your mind and thinking of that verse in difficult times can last forever and can save you from all sorts of um, discouragement or anxiety. For me, that has often been the case in happy moments, thinking of some of the Psalms, but also in difficult moments where I also think of the Psalms. Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd, there is nothing I shall want. A very simple verse that can help us endure and help us be strong in times that are very difficult. Or perhaps Psalm 50, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of darkness, no evil will I fear. When everything seems to be going wrong, when you can't see absolutely anything good around you, sometimes you need to hold on to that simple verse and realize that even though you are walking through the valley of the shadow of darkness, you fear no evil. This is a verse and these scripture passages and these spiritual elements in our life not only don't wear out, but they keep getting stronger and becoming even more significant the more we use them and apply them to our life. That is why it's important to clarify our external values and to also clarify our spiritual values that are of much more significance. And to align everything, everything we have and everything we do to our spiritual values to make sure that the physical values are always of secondary importance as we remind ourselves that they will all pass away. There is nothing wrong, of course, with valuing things of the world. We're in fact called to take good care of the things around us, to take good care of the things we possess, and to work hard for those things. However, if we value money, education, success, or anything else in the world, but don't align these to our spiritual values, the need to slow down, the need to be grateful to God, the need to spend time with our families, the need to be a, a true friend to others, then we are reversing things and we are also putting our spiritual values uh, at the, of the expense of the things that truly last. Above all, today's readings, which we read on the Sunday before the celebration of the cross, which is September 14th, remind us that we need to value the cross because it is a contradiction to the other things we often value. The cross reminds us of Christ's sacrifice that led to the glory of the resurrection. Because of Christ's resurrection, the cross is no longer a source of shame, a source of dishonor, a source of um, discomfort and punishment. It is actually the sign of the perfect sacrifice and the perfect love that God gave us and that he continues to give us every day of our life. So today, as we reflect on these readings, we reflect on our values, 
I also want to mention that many great people in the world had values that passed. Alexander the Great, for example, worked his entire life to be a great leader and to win as many battles as humanly possible. He was born in, in 356 before Christ, was a student of Aristotle, and became a king at the age of 20 after his father was assassinated. By the age of 30, he had created one of the largest empires of the ancient world, which stretched from Greece all the way to India. And he was undefeated in battle and is considered one of history's most successful military commanders. Everyone respected Alexander the Great. And he had many accomplishments to be proud of and that he and others valued. However, after rising to the height of his fame, he met a philosopher sitting down, reading and writing. And he told him, I am Alexander the Great. I have conquered the entire world. You are a philosopher. What have you done? The philosopher looked at him and said, I have conquered the need to conquer the world. I have absolutely no need to conquer the world. I have no need of developing a kingdom that stretches from Greece all the way to India and then die on a battlefield. I have no need of glory that will end within a split second. Every once in a while, your car needs to be aligned. Our spiritual life is very much like that. We need to look at our values and our actions and ask ourselves whether what we are doing aligns to the greater goals in our life and more importantly, whether those align to our greater spiritual goals. What do you value and how well aligned are these, value, are these aligned to God's eternal values?